Good morning once again, and thank you to our virtual choir who bless us week by week with um, just inspiring music. Our scripture lesson today comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. It's just three short verses, and yet I think it has a message from God that we need to hear for our lives. Listen, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So happy Labor Day Sunday to all of you who are here, especially in person, you know, to be in town and to be at church on this weekend, but also to those who are at home watching this or those who are traveling on a trip or listening to this later in the week on our sermon podcast or wherever. Hi to everybody today. Our scripture lesson this morning is just what we need to hear on this Labor Day weekend. After all, nearly every one of us spends our time in some form of work activity, business, or busyness. We spend our days chasing success, chasing results, chasing our kids. We are people who know how to work hard, even in retirement. It turns out there's a lot of work that you need to get done. If you're listening to this message today, if you're here in person, or if you're connected with our church online at home, chances are you know a lot about hard work. And with hard work often comes success. But it comes along with a unique set of challenges, like the way that busy people only get busier, and capable people are always asked to do more, and the expectations can mount to the, to the point where we feel overwhelmed, burdened, anxious, worried, wiped out, stressed. Am I talking to you today? You know, I have a friend who, who's gotten into bodybuilding and weightlifting, especially in the last couple of years, and he built out this home gym, you know, in his garage, and he's, he set all these, uh, these goals about how much weight he wants to deadlift, and he posts videos and results online. And, um, oh yeah, there he is. And when I see him um, in these videos and pictures lifting over 500 pounds with all that weight on either side of the bar, the bar almost bends as he lifts it, I think, how could he ever lift that much weight? And you know, the way it happened is that little by little, every week or every month, he added a little more weight to what he was lifting. He took it to the next level, to the next step in his weightlifting process. But there comes a time when even a very strong, capable, and amazing weightlifter, where the weight is just too much, they reach their limit. And there comes a time where even strong, capable, and amazing Presbyterians, folks like us, where we can reach the limit of the amount of weight that we can carry, the amount of things that we can do, the stuff we're committed to, it can feel like too much. Am I speaking to you today? Well, it turns out there's good news for us. In the scripture reading we have today, Jesus is actually speaking to people kind of like us. They were his followers back in the first century in Palestine, and their stresses and their worries and their weight was different from ours. But the message that Jesus had for them is the same that he has for us today. He says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
On this Sunday of Labor Day weekend, I want to give you a message today that is full of the kind of grace and truth that I believe Jesus wants for us. This weekend that is devoted to family barbecues and family time, I just came from a camping trip out in the woods where we get a chance to rest from our labors and let our weary souls and our inner selves kind of breathe and see what God has to say for us. This weekend when we celebrate Labor Day, ironically, by not laboring and resting from our labors, we take an extra day off. And yet I don't want to focus just on our external selves, our physical world. I also want to talk about our interior lives, our true selves, the parts that not everybody gets to see. The gospel of grace that Jesus proclaims is a counter-narrative to the usual ways of the world, and it's something we desperately need to hear. It's so important right now because we have seen during these pandemic times the way that the cases of mental health issues, whether it's depression or self-harm, substance abuse, body issues, wrestling with self-identity, all of that has been on the rise. And a lot of folks have been feeling the weight of it all. I don't know exactly what your particular weight would look like today, what that struggle is that you've brought in here with you, but Jesus' invitation to you is that you would hear again some truth from beyond yourself, a word from beyond your own circumstances, something that is deeply true. So here it is. This past week, Steve Fainer, our youth director, sent out an email to the parents of children in the church who are in the youth group. And he got this, um, this document from Julie Lasher here in our church, which she got from a book, and the book is called Grown and Flown. And it's a book that's all about how to raise you know, um, kids in these days, in these crazy days. And this list, this excerpt from the book, was a list of 10 things to say to your teen who is stressed out, 10 things to say to a teenager who is stressed out. And I got this um, in my inbox, and um, my email, and I thought, you know, uh, I don't have a teenager. Ooh. Oh, wait, two more years? Okay. Uh, whew, for now. Uh, and I'm not a teenager, so okay, good. Um, maybe this doesn't apply to me. But then I read these 10 things. And as I did, I realized that these are true for any age person. These speak into the lives of any of us here who are, who are listening. In fact, these are 10 things that I believe um, God wants to say to us and that we can say to each other. So I want to bless you today by sharing these 10 things that you could say to a stressed out teenager, or you could hear as a word from God for you, or you could share with somebody else who needs to hear it this week. 10 things. So these are things you could say to your spouse. You could say to your kids or your grandkids. You could say to a coworker having a hard day. In some sense, you need to hear them for yourself as well to know the power and truth of what's being said. So here you go. I want to build the vocabulary that you have for navigating these times we're in by giving you these 10 things. Number one, I love you. I love you. If the message of the gospel is anything for us to know, it is to know that God loves us. You are a beloved child of God. That is your deepest and truest identity. Remember the Bible says, for God so Love the world that he gave his only begotten son. The Bible says that we love because he first loved us. And this is the first thing you need to hear. God loves you as a baseline, not because of anything you do or perform or enact. You are loved 
And I wonder who in your life needs to hear a message like that from you this week. Number two. Number two thing to say to someone who's feeling stressed or to hear for yourself today, take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. When you're stressed out or overwhelmed, to breathe in and to breathe out, this is physical breath work that causes us, causes our bodies to slow down. Take a deep breath. On a Sunday morning like this, worship can act as a deep breath within our week where we're hurrying and scurrying all week long, and here we are just resting in the presence of God and with the church family. Something that we all need to do to slow down our lives. Breathe in and breathe out. Take a deep breath is good advice for a child who's having a meltdown. Take a deep breath is a good word for a coworker, overwhelmed, a friend who calls with a problem to discuss. So let's do it. Ready to take three deep breaths together? In and out. Ready? Let's do it. Feel better already. But you have masks on. It might be better to do outside. Number three. Number three. I'm already proud of you. I'm already proud of you. That's a third thing to say to a stressed out person in your life or to hear for yourself. Pastor Rich Viotas uh, says this. He says, Sabbath is one of the clearest signs of the gospel of grace. You intentionally accomplish nothing and God still loves you. Such good news. I'm already proud of you is something that we need to hear and know from our heavenly father, but also from our earthly relationships from people who we are with. If you have a child, if you have a child or a grandchild who, or somebody who works for you, someone who's junior to you in some area of life, it feels great to have someone who's older and wiser tell you that they're proud of you. I wonder who you would bless this week by letting them know that you're already proud of them just for who they are. That's true of us in our relationship with God, and it can be so with others. Number four, Number four, in a stressed out time, this is not your whole story. Ooh, this is not your whole story. Let me remind us all of this truth. These pandemic, or these, these COVID-19 pandemic years may not be your best ones. That's okay. These may not be the ones where we accomplish all of our goals, where we live our best life now, but this is not our whole story. Amen? That's right. This week, this month, this year is not all that there is for you. If you're hearing this today, if you're in a situation where you feel stuck or something is going wrong, remember, this is not your whole story. We have a God who is bigger than this and who gives us hope for our future. So take the struggle of this week, whatever this, that thing is, that, let it be part of your reality, but don't believe the lie that it's the whole enchilada because it's not. You are not defined by your worst day. You're not defined by your lowest moment. You are uniquely and wonderfully made in the image of God, and there is still so much more to come. Number five, how you feel at this moment is not how you are going to feel forever. Related, that's related to the previous one. In our scripture lesson today, Jesus is talking to people who feel tired out 
who feel wiped out, who have burdens in their lives, and he invites them to come and rest with him, to come and spend time with him, to come and be filled with him, to come and trust in him. Those who trust in Jesus and come close to him are filled again with new strength. It's part of what we do every week in church. We get filled up again because we need it. The disciples in the Bible, they go on to have incredible lives of impact. They go on to serve and to help and to live their lives in a full way. And they're faithful in what they do. But in this moment where we meet them in this passage, where Jesus is telling them to come in, knowing how tired and wiped out they are, they aren't feeling it. They aren't doing so well. How they're feeling in this moment, though, isn't how they'll always feel. Because after they spend time with Jesus, after they learn from him, trust in him, rest in him, they're then filled to go out and live their lives anew. So remember, there's more to come than this present moment. Number six, remember how you've gotten through tough times before. Remember back to how you've gotten through tough times before. You've gotten through some tough times. Sometimes it's instructive just to think back and say, hmm, how did I do it? This is actually something that therapists sometimes do, a strategy with their clients to say, tell me about a time when you had this sort of problem in the past or this kind of struggle. How did you deal with it? How did you manage? How did you come through? What helped? And in looking back, you bring the learning forward and say, this, let me apply this again. Let me try this again. Let me continue on. This kind of remembering is what people, the people of God have always done. In fact, in the Bible, there's a tons of passages where people are called on to remember the past, especially the hard times, and to remember what God has done in those hard times. Remember the way you came through the Red Sea and were led out into freedom. Remember the way you learned to trust God in the wilderness and were fed with manna from heaven. Remember how God has forgiven our sins, even our worst sins. Whatever you're facing today, remember how God has helped you in the past the way that you've come through things before. There's good news in remembering hard times of the past because it gives you a picture of how you can continue on in this time. Number seven, just do the next thing. Just do the next thing. This might call to remind that Disney character, Anna, remember her? Where she's like, says, do the next right thing. Um, Michael, let's run that back. Okay. Um, for Christians, we are called to do the next faithful thing. The next faithful thing doesn't mean something that will change um, all of our circumstances or solve our problem completely or transform our lives per se, but it is an invitation to something small, something that is right, and something that is right in front of you. What's the next faithful step? might be small, but, we might, but when you do that thing that is right and right in front of you, it can lead you forward, the next right thing, the next faithful step. And then you trust, we trust, that God can use even that smallest step for God's own good and God's plan. Do the next faithful thing this week. Number eight, ask, is there anything I can do to help? Is there anything I can do to help? One of the biggest ways that we connect with God is through prayer. And here God is sitting saying, is there anything I can do to help? 
you who are busy working out your lives on your own, handling all of your business, carrying all of your weight. And God is saying, is there anything I can do to help? When you're feeling stressed out or bummed out or having a hard time this week, I want to invite you to take just a minute, one minute, and take it to the Lord in prayer. Bring it to God who is eager, who is open, who is waiting, asking, is there anything I can do to help? God sees all that we're doing and is here for us. This does not guarantee that God will do what we want. This is not a wish-granting genie. But in prayer, we learn to trust our lives to God and to listen for what God will say or show. God's asking, what can I do to help? It's a good question for us with each other as well. Number nine, number nine, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. This is a simple thing to say. I'm here for you. It doesn't ask for a response. It doesn't push someone too hard. It's a simple acknowledgement that says that you care and you are here in the midst of whatever is going on. I'm thinking about those conversations that we might have with someone who is struggling, having a hard time. You don't know how to fix it. You can't make it better. But just saying, I'm here for you, can really mean something. It can matter to someone to know they're not alone. Part of what I hope for every Sunday with our church is that everybody who comes to worship and those who worship with us online would discover again that God is with us, that God is here with us, involved in the things of our lives, that God loves us and cares for us so much. So then we can go away from a Sunday morning, we can go away from a time like this, filled up again, given new hope and strength, knowing that God is with us. So don't try and do it all on your own. Lean on the one who says, remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. God is with us. Maybe that's something that someone needs to hear from you this week. Number 10. Now this one is pretty important. Don't skip it. I don't know where it says it in the Bible exactly, but here it is. How about some ice cream? Or some pizza, or some pizza and ice cream. Or, yes, um, they're called comfort foods for a reason. The gospel message today is all about grace. Sometimes we just got to get some ice cream in our system, you know, or some whatever you like. Um, there's a way that Jesus is giving us this amazing invitation to come and rest with him, to be with him, to spend time together, and nothing draws people together like food, right? Sitting down at the table together, breaking bread together, laughing over a meal. Maybe this week you and your family or some friends need to get some comfort food. Why not? Make time to sit down for a family meal or grab lunch with somebody you want to catch up with or watch a game while you enjoy some wings. I think that's good. That's good for you. Um, but along with all that, along with that physical comfort food, we have the chance today to share some comfort food together here at the communion table. Maybe we'd call this the ultimate comfort food. Because it reminds us of the way that Jesus gives his whole self, his body and his blood for us, for our good, so that we can rest assured in the power of God, which is on display in this table. So as I close today, this, this short sort of Labor Day Sunday sermon, I'm not going to review those 10 things with you. I saw some people taking notes, but we're going to share that document with you in the weekly email. You can read it for yourself. You can click on it. I think it's actually in the comments section now on Facebook. It's something, it's an article you could take, you could share with someone who needs it, or you can use it for your own life. 
But as I close, and as we move towards the table today, may you come, you who are weary and heavy laden, and find the rest that God has for you. Come to the table of grace. Come knowing that Christ himself is present. Come taste and see that the Lord is good. Come because you're invited and the comfort food is already here. I pray that you come, that you'll be blessed and filled today. Amen.